1. Georgia Georgia Taylor had one hand on her sidearm and the other on her police radio. The call was probably nothing. The anonymous tip was most likely the handiwork of a teenaged prankster or a lonely old person with lousy vision and an active imagination. So when she grasped the dusty window frame to lean out of the abandoned warehouse and she spotted a man perching on the stone gargoyle of the church rooftop a few feet away, her breath caught in her throat for a moment. Sir, my name is Georgia, she called to him, recovering a little as her training kicked in. I'm not here to cause you any harm. The police academy had prepared her for exactly this situation. But why couldn't she remember who had taught the course or anything else she was supposed to say or do? She had a feeling of mental vertigo for a moment. Why couldn't she remember anything about becoming a cop? But there was no time to fill the strange gaps in her memory. Whatever she had forgotten, it must have been impressive. Only the best officers were privileged with offering jumpers a second chance at life. The cold air swirled, and for a moment she thought what she saw was just the man's clothing blowing in the wind, but he was actually moving, leaning toward her. He reached for her with one hand as if to caress her cheek. He was handsome, almost obscenely so. His dark hair was a bit too long and half-covered one of his large, dark brown eyes. He was dressed simply, but she could see the lines of his muscular build through his clothing, strong arms, wide chest, narrow hips. It was the expression on his face that brought a haunting beauty to his otherwise masculine looks. The man gazed at Georgia in open adoration, as if she were an angel. And the expression was familiar. If only she could remember. Georgia the man whispered, barely audible above the wind. The sound of his voice brought it all crashing back. Rocky! What was he doing up here? For that matter, what was she doing? She wasn't a police officer, at least not yet, and she certainly wasn't trained to deal with this. He leaned further toward her, but the space between them was too far. He was going to fall. She heard the revving of engines in the distance growing louder. Someone was coming. Rocky, please, she began. Help will be here soon. But Rocky was not going to wait. He moved toward her, lifting one foot from the gargoyle. The stone creature groaned and shifted in place, sending several ancient roof slates clattering down the side of the edifice. They were so high up that Georgia couldn't hear them hit the sidewalk below, but she could picture them. Slate one moment and dust the next. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the song without the words and never stops at all, Georgia heard herself say. In her despair, she had forgotten everything and was reciting an Emily Dickinson poem she had memorized in high school when she was at a low point. It was the time when she realized her parents didn't love each other and it didn't matter if they got divorced or not. Their hatred for each other would trump their love for her and she was no longer a treasured child but a pawn in a game whose rules she didn't understand. Rocky, seemingly unmoved by the poetry, stepped off the gargoyle completely. No! Instead of falling, he walked carelessly across the nothingness between them to wrap his large hand around Georgia's cheek. The final piece of the puzzle fell into place, and Georgia realized she was asleep. She was dreaming. There had been no call, and there was no danger. This version of Rocky wasn't even real, though she could taste his lips and feel the warmth of his hand against her face. Rocky. She woke up moaning into her pillow.